0: England has a delightful tradition that helps put the pressures of everyday life into perspective. For such a small country, the English maintain thousands of miles of public trails and footpaths. These are perfect for everything from an afternoon ramble to a multi-day backpacker's hike. But it took public action to maintain the right to roam across England's footpaths that cross private land holdings. April 24th is the 85th anniversary of the Mass Trespass. That was when 400 people marched across the countryside and up the Kinder Scout Peak to assert their right to walk over open country and common land. A few years later, the British established a national park system that now maintains a number of long-distance trails. For a look at the walking traditions of England, our guides are Tom Hooper, who comes from scenic Cornwall, Roy Nichols, who lives in the countryside of Dorset, and Gillian Chadwick, who lives near the Sussex coast between Brighton and London. Roy, why do the English consider it so important to be able to spend an afternoon climbing on hills and along your beautiful coastal trails?
1: I think it's the access to the countryside. I mean, Britain is a very small little island, and space is always at a premium. And to be able to wander with hardly seeing anybody all day is quite a pleasure in a small little place like this, and I think that's the The fact that
0: you can get away from everything, from the towns, the cities, very easily in England. Tom, can an American uh, get out there and and be like a temporary English rambler? What would you recommend for an American that loves the outdoors, who wants to connect with that dimension of English uh, culture, natural culture? I think getting out into the
2: countryside is one of the seminal things to do in England, definitely. And there are so many thousands of miles of footpaths, and walks that they can take. You can go for a week, two weeks, or just a day. And it is the countryside
0: that you are in. I get the sense that local people, when they're out and about, they know the story behind every ridge, behind every bluff, behind every hill.
2: I think locals generally, particularly in somewhere like the Lake District, do. And they see that as theirs. It is the landscape which is in trust for the future, which they can use and it seeps into
1: their very being. And I think also the fact that it's on a, small, it's a smaller country on a much more intimate scale, and the fact that so many people in Britain, their ancestors have lived there for countless generations, that they actually are part of the landscape rather it than is, being imposed on it. You're
0: it connected. Absolutely connected. Yeah. yeah, There is that feeling, and it shows through, and then in an organizational governmental way, you've got a national trail. Gillian, what is a national trail?
3: They're named trails which often follow ancient routes, either pilgrimage routes or saltways, where they transported salt across the
0: country. What's one that you would think would be worth really paying attention to and considering enjoying?
3: Well, the one that's closest to where I live is called uh, the South Downs Way, and that's about 100 miles along the south coast. Uh, So fabulous views across the Downs, beautiful countryside... And lots of really nice pubs, that's important too.
0: Fabulous views, beautiful countryside, and lots of pubs. Yeah. Roy, is there any national trail that doesn't have that? Oh, no. No, no, <laughs> no, no. no, no, no like no, no. that's the very nature of it. Yeah. So, Roy, what's the national trail that you would uh, want to take a particular? Well,
1: I on? live down these days in Dorset, and there's a wonderful one called the Wessex Trail, the Wessex Way, that runs from Bridport right through up into circling the North Jersey Ridgeway, and then connecting the edge of Salisbury Plain, and then on to the sort of Berkshire Downs, and then finishing up Marlborough. So it's a wonderful 120 miles, I think it is. 120 miles, how many days would that be? I mean, you could average sort of 15 to 20 miles a day. So it's a week. It's a week's walk, but like I do it, and the, the trail actually passes my front door, People do it, tend to do it in sections. And they're all welcome mm. to drop in at And any they're time. all welcome to drop in for a cup of
0: tea. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the trail again? It's called the Wessex Way. So the Roy Nichols house um, <laughs> on the Wessex Way. Now, it, it's well signposted. Is it signposted? <laughs> drop in, yeah. Tom, you're from the southwest down by Cornwall. Indeed, so in Cornwall. Yeah. What, what's the trail down there? Well, I,
2: I would there? obviously argue that the southwest coastal
0: footpath is the trail. It's 630 miles. 630 miles. Now, I was just down in Penwith Peninsula. There's so much down there. That's actually Land's End area, right?
2: Yeah, and that particular part is such a rugged coast, and it's seeped with both natural things to see and things yeah. like smuggling and, and tin, tin mining and poldark yeah. and poldark yes. i had this however you do not see dark running across the countryside <laughs> <laughs> you might want to imagine oh, that. that riding across the country yes <laughs> i
0: was in my uh i was <laughs> in my little bed running. and breakfast in uh pen penzance, penzance, penzance that's right yeah. and i was just trying to get my writing done and this local guide wanted to meet me and take me out say okay i just got an hour I jumped in his car and he took me way over to Poldark country and he wanted me to get out of the car and we went out and just for 20 minutes we walked on that trail. It was one of the most beautiful mm. things I experienced that whole trip. And it, and
2: it is the landscape which is in Poldark you see That's the right. landscape basically and it is the bit where he does
0: ride across the talk about drumming. Endlessly. Endlessly. And, uh, yes. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're fantasizing about poldark. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a <laughs> okay, well, Jillian is. And this is Travel with Rick Steves. We're joined by Roy Nichols, Jillian Chadwick, Tom Hooper, and dreams of beautiful trails. In every corner of England, our phone number is 877 333 Anne's calling in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And do you have any ideas about hiking in England?
4: Well, I have some new ones after listening to your conversation about all the various trails, but I do have a question related to my last experience hiking in England. Uh My husband and I enjoyed a few wonderful days in Chipping Camden and took some short but very enjoyable hikes out on the Cotswold Way. We didn't Mm. see any mammals except for sheep. Uh, We saw quite a few snails, and it was Mm. fantastic. So okay. the wrinkle happened when we were getting ready to minute, fly back. Wait a minute, You're
0: wildlife, sheep, sheep and, and, and snails. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to England. Yes.
4: <laughs> I suppose many people would not be excited what? about those things, and being from the Midwest, I shouldn't be excited about them either, but there was just something about sheep and the snails. setting and snails. <laughs> what, what's, what's not do. to
0: like about shne- sheep what, and snails?
4: Did you eat the sh- them?
2: <laughs> did you eat either of them? I mean, yes.
4: I am not opposed to eat. I have eaten <laughs> snails. I didn't have uh, any cooking amenities with me no. at the well, oh, wait. What
0: wildlife is there in England? Have you ever seen anything more uh, adventurous than a than a squirrel? Foxes, foxes, wild boar, squirrels, ferrets, l- uh, seven different varieties deer. of deer? Really? Deer. Yeah, where, there are where, lots where, of old. Deers. Where would you find this wildlife?
1: It's it's Not all, on the it's, all way, it's all there. it's all there. It tends to be rather shy, though. So. Yeah. Foxes being an
2: exception, where mm-hmm. they have infiltrated almost everywhere now. Yeah. Are they
0: considered predators? And yes. They are predators. So yeah. um, there is
2: there is nothing much more serious in the countryside than a, a fox
1: or a boar, really. And, and so it. many of them are nocturnal, anyway. So that's why you don't see them during the day. Oh, really?
3: Okay. Yeah. And you see more of them in cities now. Do you ever
0: you? see fox hunting like uh, traditional, you know, aristocrats on horses with red jackets? Yeah, well, it's it's actually been banned. It has. No, it yeah, no, it hasn't.
1: Only. What's that? No. Uh, no. I, I, I have
0: a memory of that in yeah. in uh, Yorkshire. Is it possible that I actually saw dogs. that going across Oh, the yes, you still do. do. I, I remember yes. a whole bunch of horses and mm. guys in formal jackets and dogs and uh, apparently chasing a fox.
3: Yeah. but Or then... maybe a
0: snail. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but it, they're a lot easier to catch.
0: That's like shooting ducks in a barrel. We're going on a snail hunt. <laughs> So wildlife, you can find it if you know where it is, oh, yes, but it's yes. getting it's tougher, and mean, it's, it's very, to be very out shy at night.
2: And controlled fox hunts still take place. Mm. There is legislation about it. Yeah, they're not
1: they're allowed they're to not be allowed killed to... by the hounds. No.
0: And there's some interesting ideas for you about wildlife in, in England. Uh, what else were you getting at the... before we went off on our wildlife tangent?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I need to keep my eyes open for more than snails and sheep. So.
2: <laughs> yes, no, you, might, quest, you might even see quest. Roy. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, I need your help making sure that I'm able to continue to go back and forth between the U.S. and England without breaking any laws. When I was going through customs when we got back to the U.S., I was asked a question, something the effect of, have you been in any agricultural areas? And I was not quite sure how to answer because, well, technically, yes, I was, you know, hanging out in basically a completely agricultural area and I certainly wouldn't want to cause any public health crises, given the history that we've had with post-born illnesses in both countries. So how do you answer that question after you've been hanging out with the sheep of the Cotswolds? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's,
0: that's between you and your maker, really, how you, how you want to answer that question. It's, uh <laughs> Every, every tourist has to deal with that when they come back to customs.
3: But presumably you were on a path rather than actually tramping through the fields. So you're not on agriculture. You're on a made path rather than a place where the animals yeah, are. So you so could,
0: in your uh, ethical structure, you could say I was not in an agricultural area if you're on a path. I
1: think that's, yeah, you're I not think in the, that's fields. the big... And, and, of course, the main issue Frolicking is worrying fish. about
0: foot and mouth. Foot and mouth. Is yeah. that still an issue in England? No. 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 The last creature with hoof and mouth is is no longer with us. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> I just... Hoof and mouth,
2: and I think, and if you stick to the paths, you'll probably...
0: And keep your hoof out of your mouth.
4: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'll just Uh, bring a recording of this conversation. No, don't do that. Don't do that. I bet you're glad you phoned. We
0: take no responsibility for your... No, that is every tourist gets a little nervous when you come home and they say, have you been with any wildlife, you know? And you have to define that yourself and then answer truthfully according to how you defined it.
2: I think if you say that you've been on the farm, then they'll be more interested. And thanks for your call.
4: Thank you very much. Happy hiking! Yeah, and, and uh,
2: look <laughs> we, we had, out for that wildlife. We had to do all that. <laughs> we had to do all that foot and mouth protection on the farm. Yeah, I remember. I, at,
0: I did a foot and mouth tour just so people could relax about it a little more. I mean, way back when, do you remember that? We went all over England. Yes. petting animals. You had to work really hard to get any kind of disease like that. It was like did absurd. You su- although... Did you succeed? I didn't, I wasn't able to pick up the disease (laughs) (laughs) as much (laughs) as I tried.
4: Well, it's good that you still have something to work towards in life.
0: That's right. Thanks for your call, Anne.
4: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Bye. Elinda is calling in from Deerfield Beach, Florida. Elinda, what are your thoughts about hiking in England?
4: Well, my question is, if I'm going to be hiking and being outdoors in England, what's the best time of the year to avoid the extreme cold and the damp? And we always hear about all the rain in England.
1: Well, what do you guys think? Well, in truth, Britain's no wetter than many other countries. It's one of those, I mean, there are wet periods and you can get rain at any time of the year. And you always have to be prepared for wet and cold weather because we can have a very wet August and it can be dry, warm and sunny in April. You just have to accept the fact that we have a very variable climate. It can be very wet and windy at times and dressed accordingly. But the best times of the year are usually from about late April through May, June, July, and into September and early October. So the whole
0: summer and The whole fall. of the but summer. For me, <laughs> it's just don't be in because the weather's blustery. Blustery and hiking in England go together, and mm-hmm. it changes four or five times out of the day. Mm-hmm. So if you sit yeah. in your B&B and look at that little hilltop outside of your Keswick uh, base, and you wait for it to get warm and balmy, you're never going to get up there. You have to <laughs> leave with the proper gear... <laughs> and you'll find yourself wishing you had your suntan o when you get up to the top.
2: And it's also partly geographical, because if you go hiking in the Lake District, it's one of the wettest parts of the country. If you go down to the south coast, there's more <laughs> chance of warmer weather. Mm-hmm. One or two of the national trails of the 15 are pretty bleak at any time of the year. Which one would be the bleak one? I would mm-hmm. say one of the oldest, probably, Pennine, Pennine Way. Way. Pennine Way. Yeah. Pennine Way. Where's that? It runs across from a place called Edale in County Derbyshire and goes up the backbone of Britain or England, as they
0: call it, to Scotland. Also up in the north yes. of England. So yes. that would be, yeah. tending to be more bleak. Like hiking across Hadrian's Wall, Hadrian's you, Wall, can, you yeah. could get yeah. some pretty blustery uh, yeah. weather out. And the West Highland Way,
1: from Loch Lomond up to Malay, that's always a very wet one as well.
0: Yeah, so uh, you want you want shoes that are going to be waterproof and you yeah. want uh, and good you, gear. And, and the, you
2: know, if you get wet, the thing is you look forward to the fact that you come down um, and pub. you go a to a pub, pub in the village yeah. and you'll yeah, see right. people gently I, steaming in front of the fire. And
0: I love that feeling when I step in and my eyeglasses get all fogged up yeah. and it's, uh, I'm stepping out of the blustery cold and into this cozy, yeah. wonderful, welcoming environment.
2: And it's, there's a sort of camaraderie about everybody doing that. And you, mm. you Because know, it's been big, so miserable outside. So, and every, of course, you know, the British talk about the weather all the time, but, you know, that's the ideal. Oh, well, you're not only talking about but it, you give it a positive it. spin. Yeah, yeah. Exa- mm. exactly. You celebrate it. Yes. Yes. You suffer yeah. with yeah. joy yeah. in the
0: weather. Yeah. And then you have some hot steaming pub meal and you're ready again. So, Ilinda, the answer is it's going to be miserable weather, just dress right, and try not to go in the winter but don't be put off by that. Yeah. Right. Okay, Linda, thank you. Okay,
4: thank you so much.
0: Happy hiking. Thank you. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been covering a lot of bases when it comes to rambling around England. But uh, Roy and Jillian and Tom, let's close just with with your personal favorite hiking moment. Where were you and uh, what was special about it, Tom? Uh, it has to be, I think,
2: when I was about 19. It was the Pennine Way. It was miserable weather, and it was the first experience I'd had of coming down from the hills or the mountains down to the pub. It was exactly what you said. Stepping into that yeah. warm pub. Yeah. It's out unforgettable. The, out of the elements yeah.
0: with people just like you, enjoying yeah. nature yeah. and enjoying the exactly. camaraderie. Yeah. Gillian.
3: Actually, it's an experience that I can repeat frequently because it's very close to where I live. It's called the Ditchling Beacon. And I go up there, and I just feel like I'm on top of the world. And where's Ditchling Beacon? It's very close to Brighton. Okay, south on, of London, a
0: couple south hours of London, south of London, on, on the South Downs. In way. the South Downs, yeah. I was just in the South Downs way. It's that just gorgeous, is isn't it? Just dramatic and cozy at the same time. Mm-hmm. I love it. And that reminds me, I've been going to these places for so long, running around doing my guidebook research. You really have to just, even if you just have a couple hours, mm. get off of the road, get out of the town, walk mm. between two towns, see the farms from behind the farm instead of from the road. It's a beautiful mm. culture. It's a dimension of England most mm. travelers miss. Obviously. And you have the right to do it. You have the right. What, what do you mean by that, Tom? Because there, there is legislation to protect
2: not just these 15 national trails, but a network of footpaths all over England. And a landowner cannot prevent people.
0: So this is a civil liberty. If you're yeah. an English Englishman, yeah. you get a yeah. walk across the land, no matter yeah. who owns it. There's yeah. there's fences. They got to have uh, walls for their livestock and yeah. so on. Their snails and they're obliged to maintain it. They're obliged to maintain it. They're obliged to maintain it. And once a year, you have this grand yes to yeah. to make sure
2: that
1: the public still use the ways. What's that yeah. called? Um, the
3: mass trespass. The mass
1: trespass. The mass trespass. The original one was in nineteen thirty three, I think yeah. it was. Something Are there Ramblers' clubs
0: and this is yes. an occasion for them to have yes. a party yeah. and establish their civil liberties? Yeah. Well
1: there's an association called the Ramblers Association they have local clubs, so they'll be national members, but then they'll be members
0: of their local club and they'll they organize walks and so holidays they have the, and trips. They have the mass trespass and they reestablish the right of every Englishman to walk across so, every piece of land. So every American visitor who does this is reaffirming the right as well. All right. That's a beautiful thing to be part of this it's part this. of the whole celebration of nature in England. And Roy, just the final thought, your your favorite moment while while rambling in England.
1: Again, I think I was like Tom I was in my teens and it was walking off as dike. Um, right yes. upon Black Hill.
0: Now we say Offa's Dyke is the long-distance
1: the... footpath that follows the border between England and Wales. Mm. And really, Offa was a uh, eighth-century king of England, a Mercian king, Merci. and he
0: had this this dyke. Well, he built, built this or...
1: dyke, a ditch, and a just to keep uh, the Welsh break... out of England, or something. That's right. If, <laughs> if they He's were found the, the wrong side of the border, then. They lost their hand the first time, and the second time they lost their life.
0: There you got it. See, we don't have that kind of history in where I go hiking around here. That is such a beautiful dimension of it. I think that was
2: what Roy was trying to reenact when he was a teenager. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Taunting Taunting the Welsh. Taunting the Welsh. And then exactly what uh, happened on this office. Well, I
1: walked Black Hill, and the whole day, literally from morning to night, I didn't see a soul. And that's the marvelous thing about Britain, even in this crowded little island. You often have the landscape, the countryside mm. to yourself.
0: And you know, there's a pub within. Uh, you're, you're never going to be starved or frozen. well. I was underage at the time, so I couldn't <laughs> go in. But <laughs> oh, the thought was there. You, you could sit outside there's... and think, when I'm of age, yeah. I can step into that convivial atmosphere and have a nice pint. Um, and the, there is a tip: when you go rambling, if you pass people, say hello. Yes, very important. I love mm. that that camaraderie on the trail. Tom Hooper, Gillian Chadwick. Roy Nichols, thanks so much for giving us a, a little better appreciation of the rambling culture in England. It's been You're a pleasure. welcome. Welcome.
3: Rick Steves teaches smart European travel. At ricksteves.com, you'll find an archive of interviews from his radio show, free audio tours of Europe's top sites, and a world of information to help turn your travel dreams into smooth and affordable reality. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com.